I think life is filled with horrors all the time. We go through really traumatic, terrible things that no one could sometimes ever imagine or conceive of. The purpose is not for that to end there, but to grow through the suffering, to you know, be united more closely with others through that. From this side of paradise, welcome to Eden Revisited podcast that puts shovel to soil and cultivates those interior gardens for the re-enchantment of culture. Join us as we get to the wonder by getting in the dirt and sowing the seeds of faith. Hello and welcome. Thank you for joining another episode of Eden Revisited. I'm Austin Kleiss, and I'm joined by Nick today. Nick, how are you doing? You know, if I'm completely honest, I am wiped out. It was a uh, long day at school as the principal, uh, but um, I'm it's it's better talking to you, Austin. It really is. Are so, you uh, are you still biking to school? You know, today was the first day I did not bike because I got scared of what was a thunderbolt on my little Apple iPhone weather app. Uh, and I said, I don't want to get caught in a thunderstorm. So I didn't, but I did find my waterproof gear, which are some really lame white pants and some booties. I'm going to have to start biking to school in the wet. I just, today wasn't the day. Um, have you, have you done that before? Like bikes, like you're like oh, a yeah. true- True Seattleite now, like you, true, you... true Seattleite, uh, rain or shine, mostly rain. But Jeez. I've been digging the, I've been digging the very balmy weather up until now. Um, so I'm, I'm in for a rude awakening. Yeah, that's tomorrow. uh, that's impressive. I mean, it's one thing when you don't have to look like presentable and you're biking somewhere, but to like be the principal and dress up in a suit or, you know, yeah, but I don't dress up in a suit as I bike ride. Like I'll change at school and it's 10 minutes. If I don't bike, that's lame. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, well, we're recording this on the Eve of the hollow, not quite the Eve of the hollow, but the week, the week Eve, what is, what is the day today? Um, the the 24th. So Halloween spookier every day. And uh, I never felt this when I was living out in California growing up, but when you're on the East Coast or when you're in Seattle and you like see all the leaves changing and falls coming, the weather's getting colder, like it, it is an amazing thing, the change of seasons and like the sort of feelings that comes with that. Um, like in San Diego, it was essentially just two seasons and you didn't get this sort of long extended fall. Um, and now with Halloween a week away, it's like kind of cool. Like you see people you know, getting dressed up and kind of excited about it, at least like in winter clothes or in fall clothes. And um, I don't know, it's kind of a neat, neat thing to see out on the East coast for the first time, but what's, uh, what was your experience with Halloween and just this time of the year growing up? Well, usually it snowed on Halloween in Colorado. There are many a times we'd go out trick-or-treating and we'd get piled in the maroon Astro van later on a suburban And we'd have winter coats, ski coats on basically over our costumes. It was basically pointless. We'd be running up to the house, 
with our ski coat on covering our costume or leaving the costume behind or the coat behind and running up. So I remember some very frigid Halloweens. Um, Best costume? You know, I was going to ask you the same. Um, why don't you start? I once... <laughs> I was kind of into some weird costumes now thinking about it. I did Robin Hood one year, like full on awesome. tights and hat and the whole thing. Um, and then another year I did Aladdin. So like big baggy pants, big baggy gold pants and then no shirt. Um, and you were like, what, 14, 16 when you did that? Yeah, I was definitely a little older because I was like, oh, this is a great excuse not to wear a shirt. <laughs> Just like, looking back. Oh on my that. gosh, that is so middle school boy. I have like so I, I I teach eighth grade religion class. I have the boys who are totally in their testosterone phase right now, challenging me to push up contests all the time. I think I'm going to destroy them. I'm a little bit like there's just a tinge of worry, but I think I'll destroy them. Uh, so I can and this uh, this last Saturday night. Um, we had a fall festival. Kids dressed up in their Halloween costumes There were some very interesting ones, some creative ones, too. But. Uh, at the end, we're breaking down the risers and the stage, and I'm like, "Hey, muscles, come over here, help help me uh, break break these down." And typical 13, 14 year old boy, what do they do? They take off their shirt. They're wearing their maybe this isn't PC anymore to say, but they're wearing a wife beater underneath to show me their muscles. Um, very funny. So I, that's exactly how I imagine you. Like if you had to do any sort of physical task, you take off your shirt first. And if you had any excuse, including Halloween to take off your shirt, you probably would. Of course. I mean, not only was it a good excuse, it was also San Diego. So there's like no inclement weather that was going to prevent me from taking off my shirt at any, at any moment. But yeah, some, some good costumes there for sure. I feel like I constantly recycled the same costumes. They probably morphed over time, but I remember being a hippie a lot of the time or a homeless person. Um, also that was a, that not... was a popular one. Yeah, that was a popular uh, one. Definitely. This I is funny. A hippie through. and a homeless person. Like, I wonder if, you know how Freud had this theory about like your dreams telling you something about your subconscious, which is telling you something about your, um, your ego or your id, I forget your id. And I wonder if there's something like Halloween costumes, if you like could say if you would psychoanalyze all the different Halloween costumes that like pre pubescent and pubescent boys dressed up as is it like telling you something about the subconscious of like their <laughs> I don't know, just like what would incline you to like want to be a homeless person or wanted to be a hippie, you know, I, I don't know. I'm I, I what's going how, how do you know what's going through a prepubescent? kids mind who knows uh, some recent ones though one of my favorite recent ones that i did with morgan as kind of we have to do couples costumes now um i kind of resent it but if if a good one comes up then like all right i'll do it but i was i was arthur from my favorite show growing up arthur and morgan was dw had my little glasses yellow sweater carried around my library card having fun isn't hard when you got your library card so uh i do have one very embarrassing i'm I'm not even sure if i should share this on air because i'll probably get canceled and never get hired for a job ever again but i was six years old so maybe i have an excuse but i loved michael jordan was my idol 
like my room was a shrine to Michael Jordan. Um, so where did I go for Halloween? I went as Michael Jordan. I wore his jersey, the shoes, the shorts. Did you do blackface? And I did blackface paint. But <laughs> oh, it was from man. a desire. It was from a desire to to be like Mike. Obviously, you can't get away with that today. But you know, it was it was a very innocent um, wanting to to be like my my role model. You know, I didn't think anything of that. Um, and since learned, probably not the best way to go about emulating your idols and role models. But, um, you know, there is something about a kid who wants to emulate uh, <laughs> something, someone, I guess that is some sort of outlet. But as we'll talk today on the show, what about the scary stuff, the spooky stuff, the gory stuff? And even, you know, we're, we're Catholics on here. We talk about Catholic stuff. Is that the right thing? Should we should we cancel Halloween? Uh, there's there's constant debate about it, but I thought it'd be good for us to chat about this because um, it seems to come up this time of year all the time, and we have a lot of listeners maybe thinking with their kids, do we let our kids dress up? Is this sort of a pagan thing? Is it secular? Where does Halloween come from? Should we do this or not? So maybe we can try and re-enchant, like we try and do on the show, re-enchant the true essence of Halloween today. I don't know. We've got a limited time to do it. Yeah. Well, well, we can take a crack at it. I mean, what's your, I guess, before we get into maybe some of the historical and, and even theological on us, like what, in regards to scariness, in regards to horror, in regards to like the project of Halloween, so to speak, what's your gut feeling on it? What do you, what do you think the purpose is or what purpose does it serve for you um, or for your, you know, for kids? What's your, what's your take? Uh, Anything excessive. I don't like the extra gore, the violence, that sort of thing. My gut is no, not really. I wouldn't be a huge fan, Um, but I guess I, I understand more or less where it comes from now after doing a little bit of research because Halloween is actually a very, very Catholic holiday. In fact, Halloween was canceled centuries ago or wanted to be, and even several decades ago because to, to eradicate the Catholic roots out of it. Um, it's Halloween, right? Quiz show means what Austin? Holy something. All Hallows Eve, mm. uh, which is uh, so All Hallows Day is November 1st, which is another way of saying All Saints Day. So it's the eve of All Saints oh, Day. That That's what sense. Halloween yeah. is. Um, yeah, and it makes sense, too, of like, was it when you're researching this, was there like a sort of idea that like traditionally people would dress up or embody the saints. Like I know in a lot of traditional Catholic families, that's what you do on Halloween is you, you dress up as St. Francis of Assisi or you dress up as, um, you know, St. Dominic or something like that. Is it like a way was, was the holiday a way of a sort of embodying that feast day in the church in some way? Like it, it kind of just naturally came from that. Yeah. So, uh, 
souls another translation that was often used until it became too confusing for modern culture was um ghosts uh like ghost also means spirit or um uh breath or angel or even demon in, in some germanic translations so what all saints day does is celebrate the ghosts or the spirits of those who've died and gone before and so this was a day to recall that um and it it, it doesn't necessarily mean monsters it's it's commem- it's commemorating uh something that is somewhat scary to us it's death but it was also a way to say that death doesn't have victory over us that christ has come he's conquered death and that it's almost ironic that we dress up as things that are scary or whatnot because it's it's almost mocking those scary things like hey we don't have to worry about these we can spook each other scare each other but christ has already paid the ultimate sacrifice he's won the victory over death so we can celebrate this and not be scared out of our minds. Um, so that's one, one aspect of it. Um, does that help or answer your question a little bit? Yeah. Well, and I also wonder kind of in that vein is, is maybe more applied to the modern context because it's often that we don't think about our deaths, right? Like um, mm-hmm. in the sense of maybe this sort of remembrance of death not as this all consuming, you know, despair inducing thing, but as this thing that's going to happen inevitably to all of us, mm-hmm. um, maybe in the modern context is, is actually helpful. Now, mm-hmm. I don't think Halloween as we think about it kind of now does that. Um, there's maybe a larger argument that like scary stories can do that or horror stories. I think there's some, I think there's some truth to that. I've been actually outside of this conversation, I've been thinking a little bit about the context of like what role horror stories play in our lives. Mm-hmm. Cause those aren't like a modern invention. They've been around forever. Right. Like think of brothers yeah. Grimm, think of, you know, Russian fairy stories, think of all these different mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a, it's a good question. Like what, why has the classical tradition always held on to this idea of like scariness? Um mm-hmm. Well, even before we get too far, uh, the idea of death, the idea of skeletons, the macabre, we've talked about this on the show before, but it also ties in with memento mori or tempus fugit memento mori, time flies, remember death. So it was very popular, especially in medieval culture. And, you know, this also gets associated with the plague times and whatnot. You'll see saints a lot of the times with a skull on their desk or holding a skull. And you're like, oh, that's really dark and creepy and weird. Well, it was memento mori, remember death, because death is coming to each of us. It's it's one of those things that nobody, nobody can escape. So if it's front and center and you remember it, it's going to allow you to, you know, not be terrified by it and to accept it as a human reality. And, and also, I'm going to affect the way that I live in the presence because my time is limited. Um, so that, that was not even just a Halloween thing. That was a year round thing uh, that you would, it would be very popular uh, to see, you know, there's, there's churches even, right. Of if you go to Rome and the, capuchin monasteries or churches 
they use the bones of the monks and they're all over the walls and the scale skulls and femurs and arm bones, everything. And it's Tempest Fugit Memento Mori. There is a purpose to it. Um, I've heard um, gargoyles as being kind of described as part of that as well in the sense of mm -hmm. um, you'll see on, you know, uh, a lot of older Catholic churches, these gargoyles that kind of stand perimeter around the church. And I've heard two different interpretations of why they do that. One is exactly this point of they're there to remind you one that evil exists, you know, like, and manifest in the gargoyle that, that, the, that there is not only death coming, but there is, there is evil. And that there is like a place you don't want to go in some sense of like hell. Right. Or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, of, that that these gargoyles embody that the other way i've heard it is like the gargoyles are there to scare off the evil spirits whether they're the evil spirits themselves or whether they're there to scare off the evil spirits they're both kind of there for a purpose to like embody this sort of idea that that evil exists but maybe we can't see it in the physical but it's like out there and and it kind of gets back to this point of like we dress up in uh, in halloween as like all these different evil things right mm. um and there's always been a place in the tradition you know carnival and different places like that of like of remembering that evil exists and that remembering that like there's a there's something out there in some way um you see it go way over the top with some of these like reality tv shows where they walk through a house and it's like what ghost is going to drive, you know, jump out or something like that. But I don't know. What do you, what are your, what's your take on that? Of the, of, sorry, more of the modern. Well, just of the idea of like being reminded that evil mm. exists and that evil spirits, whether we think of that in a very literal way or whether we think of that more metaphorically exist. Right. It's uh, very difficult to talk about evil in the world today well i shouldn't say that it's very easy to talk about evil in the world today and point to wars and natural disasters and political discord and all of that but then once you start to talk about personal responsibility for evil it becomes very a very different conversation very quickly and it's much more of a focus on let's focus on the good things like let's make each other feel good uh, so it's kind of a funny disconnect that there's all this evil rampant about in the world today, but it's disconnected from individual actions, or at least my individual actions. Um, so maybe Halloween can be or was traditionally a chance for you to be up close with what um, <laughs> that that darkness and to recognize and have it reflect back in you kind of as, as in a mirror. I don't yeah. know. I'm spitballing here, but that could be, I think so. And I think another commentary I've heard on it, um, that I thought was really interesting is that there's, there's always been a sense in the tradition of like the weird, right. The things that just like don't fit in. Um, mm -hmm. and it's hard to put a more exact finger on that, but like the, just like the things that don't fit in. And I think we're going through a cultural moment right now where a lot of people feel like they're the thing that doesn't fit in. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you see this in the various movements that are going on, whether it's kind of, um, you know, like the transgender movement or whatever it is of, of like people feel like out of place and, and everyone's 
individual expression of themselves is kind of like, well, I just, I just don't quite fit in here. So I'm going to go here and I'm going to find my group or whatever. And so there's, I think there's always been a recognition of like that um, in some ways of like, there's the odd, the weird, the thing that's mm -hmm. not quite rationally understandable. Um, and this is more maybe philosophically speak, you know, philosophical in, in nature, but I think that's worth noting. It's like, I, that's why I love the church so much is because even for these things that don't seem like they naturally kind of go in like the black and white mold of like what we would have mm -hmm. in the church, there are weird things like carnival. Like it's like mm -hmm. this one day where you manifest like this sort of, you're kind of like saying, okay, this, this weirdness does exist in all of us and it exists in our culture, but then it goes away. Right. And then we have, and then we go back to the normal, we go back to the the cyclical it's almost like built in so that you can have this release of the weirdness a little bit a way to express um you know the disorder that's within us because if every day is completely ordered and whatnot you're not leaving room for yeah the the discord within your um <laughs> that human person and i think it's interesting too that all of these what we'd call bizarre practices, rituals, beliefs, or whatever, do stem from something that's true. That might be, even though it's true, it might be something that's difficult to accept or even weird from an outsider's perspective. And the rituals and the activities that come along with making sense of those more difficult things, challenging things within the church to accept, I, I think are, are human expressions of, we're trying to figure this out. And I'm going to read a little passage to, to, um fill in here this is from a really great book we've probably mentioned it on the podcast before but it's called the catholic all year compendium liturgical living for real life i gave this book to austin and grace a while back uh and i it's at my desk all the time and i share it with school families um but the author uh kendra tierney she writes this about halloween and again some of those weird things she says, some of the ideas at the heart of the best-known monster stories are rooted in Catholic beliefs. Vampires drink human blood to live forever. We drink the precious blood to have eternal life. Zombies, human bodies, rise from the dead. We hope to rise again, too, at the second coming. It's right there in the Apostles' Creed. So these things like drinking true blood or the flesh or rising again from the dead, kind of creepy, kind of eerie in Halloween might be some of the manifestations of how we as humans try and make sense of those in the culture. Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. Um, I hadn't thought about the zombies one before. I think I've heard the vampires of like, and I wonder, I, I think with like Frankenstein, there's probably something there too of like the Frankenstein um, motif and, uh, with Mary Shelley and what she was trying to do. And it goes to this, I think it goes, goes to maybe a question I've been having of like, what place does horror have? Because I think there's a lot of people who just want to say like horror is, horror is not acceptable. Like it's evil. It's sinful to like, listen to it, watch it, participate in any mm. way. Um, but I think it does have a place. Like, I think, it, you know, if horror is bad, then the Dracula's of the world, then the, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein of the world. Like those are horror stories, the brothers Grimm, like we would have to get rid of all of that. Now has modern horror movies and stuff like that gone over the top. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, but like classical horror had a place, like there was an element of one communicating something through those 
symbols of vampires mm-hmm. or whatever it might be, but also like the scare element too. I don't know what the scare yeah. element does, but I think it's something. We'd have to ask ourselves, what is the horror oriented towards? What's the end or purpose? Mary Shelley, she's communicating something about the relation between man and science, humanity versus something that's contrived, right? And doing so through <laughs> what could what could happen, what could go wrong, right? Um, I'm, I haven't watched a ton of horror movies because I just I just don't like them, but maybe some of those, the end is just, for itself and i wouldn't say mary shelley just wrote frankenstein to scare people she wrote something for a deeper purpose a lot of catholics too get very squeamish about harry potter which isn't necessarily horror but it's witchcraft wizardry right but is it is that the sole focus or is it through that it's pointing towards something else that is going to lead to virtue you know thing we could so we could dig into that as well. That might be kind of tied into this here, but um, horror by itself to me does not seem pleasant or a good. I think life is filled with horrors all the time. We go through really traumatic, terrible things that no one could sometimes ever imagine or conceive of. The purpose is not for that to end there, but to grow through the suffering, to you know, be united more closely with others through that. Um, so if it stops, I would say avoid. <laughs> if if yeah, it leads to something else, all right. Do you think there's an argument in that horror could kind of prepare you for the horrors of life? Like participating, like listening to a horror story or watching a horror movie because you're doing it in like a safe setting. You're watching it in your room or you're watching it with friends or whatever. And it, it's kind of like exposing you in some way to the craziness out there. Is that a, is that a good argument or not? I think it's it's so contingent upon what what it is actually. Um, yeah, people seem yeah, to just really like though. I mean, I remember in high school. I don't know what it was, but it was very strange. Like, let's go watch Paranormal Activity or Saw or um, right, right, so, some something uh, else that was just terrifying. But let's all do it together. Um, <laughs> I don't know why human beings are so attracted to it. We watched um, Grace, Grace's family, and I watched um, A Quiet Place, which is pretty popular, mm. um, 2016 movie, and it was really good. It's a really good. It was really well done, and but it's it, it, I think it falls in the category of horror, if not like strong suspense, um, and partly just kind of how they did it was well done, but it's also like just it's a good storyline. Um, and then a lot of like sitting on the edge of your seat, like not moving, not making a single sound. Cause that's like what the, what attracts the monsters. Um, and it, and it was a fun experience. Now I feel like I was probably the only one in the room who thought it was a fun experience. So, um, I think the jury's still out on whether it's going to be something we, we, what we watch the second one, but yeah, I don't know. It's, um, it's a, it's something I've been thinking about a little bit more. And I've actually been listening to knife point horror on the podcast, um, where they tell these like horror stories of like, they're just kind of esoteric and weird and not like overly gory. Um, and I don't know, like I, I've been liking them and I wonder why I like them. Um, hmm. like, I wonder what it is that I don't think it's bad. Otherwise I think I would stop. Um, like they don't feel like they're horror for horror's sake. They feel like they're trying to communicate something in a very particular medium, which is horror. But um, I don't know. It's a hmm. it's an interesting subject. 
Yeah, Flannery O'Connor, the great Catholic writer, all of her short stories, they're not horror stories, but they are bizarre and wacky and leave the reader kind of scratching their head. But she's communicating a really profound, often very deeply Catholic truth through them about sin or redemption or whatnot. Um, and they're meant I to shock I, you. Like she tries to shock you. And yeah, and they are and they are shocking. Um and I think as Catholic parents, neither of us have children, aspiring parents to be. I don't think we should retract or like uh, for, or recoil at those opportunities with with kids. I think there's an opportunity to, um, you know, make to to Christianize the culture. Um, it's not the right word, but um, yeah, just to to make it, to change it for its purposes, turn it in on itself, that there is a teachable moment here. Um, I don't think you have to say, oh, kids can't trick or treat. It's become too secular. Don't go out with your candy bags. Um, like, well, what what can we use our um, th- this very bizarre evening to to communicate? Um, it's an it's an opportunity. It's a teachable moment. I think maybe one thing or one story that sums up all of this in some ways is um i've been reading dante's inferno and the, the divine comedy recently and for people who aren't aware the first part of the divine comedy is dante going into hell and kind of meeting all the weird creatures you know all the people there and eventually satan at the bottom and um there's a series of horrors essentially as he goes down mm-hmm. um but he's communicating something and you know, maybe in the classical sense this could be kind of considered a horror story at least this first part of it because it's people suffering these great evils and kind of this these nefarious beasts and scary things along the way um but it's communicating something and i think that's maybe the theme if we're trying to if we're trying to pull a theme out of this is that um there's an element of like it's it's a medium and it's a particular medium that can communicate in a particular way which is which is good like how poetry can communicate in a way how you know different types of um literature can kind of communicate in a way and horror and scary and all of this, I think can like, it mm-hmm. has a shock element that just other things don't um, right. like, it's weird when you see like little kids wearing ghost outfits, like that's not normal, but the not normalness of that is actually maybe a good thing. Right. Um, and maybe that's what horror offers us is that not normalness of like waking us up. Like what was Dante trying to do? He's trying to wake himself up and therefore the reader. Um, mm-hmm. And so I think, the scariness, the Halloween, the horror, like all of that can be a sort of like splash of cold water of like, wake up. Like your life isn't as safe as you thought it was, nor Mm -hmm. should it be. Um, Mm -hmm. Like there are literal ghosts walking around today, but there are ghosts walking around every day in some way. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. That's kind of my, my takeaway. Yeah. It becomes very easy to get numbed to, are just the reality that's more than what's right in front of our nose. And yeah, if it's, if it's a genre like horror, that's able to bring us out, then so be it. Like, let's use it. Um, I think Jesus's parables are not horror, but there's some pretty dark themes, usually death. Uh, I always think of Lazarus and the rich man, that parable, like Lazarus is burning in hell 
and just wants Lazarus to, or not Lazarus, the rich man is burning in hell and he wants Lazarus just to dip his finger in cold water to cool his tongue. Like that is, it's spooky. It's weird. But I think Jesus drops those as well at those moments when people have been lulled into spiritual complacence and he's going to pull us out. Uh, so we don't have to, I, I would much rather listen to a horror story than to live it for eternity. Amen. Amen. That's a, that's a great note to end on. I think, uh, I think we'll, we can wrap it up there with that line. Um, uh, any sprout outs? Uh, sprout outs. Um, I've sprouted out my in-laws so many times, but I hear speaking of horror things like saws going in my backyard right now. I think my father-in-law is using a hacksaw to wrap up some of the gutters spread out Mike Milner again. And also to Jason came over and helped Max came over and helped Jody's come over and helped Grammy. Uh, all, all these people, Kurt uh, who've been working on our house. It's been a scary ordeal to get in a French drain, but it's in and what the rain's is the French drain? What is that? Uh, that's another podcast, but diverts water away from the house. So there's no more mold mm. um, growing nice. underneath. Hopefully. Okay. Um, sprout outs on my end. I'll, I'll do my um, soon to be in-laws. Um, Beth and John Carroll, they hosted Grace and I this weekend and um, lots of good, lots of good food, little quick, uh, fishing session, um, just a good time all around. So, um, to their hospitality and yeah. Um, so for any listeners who are listening to us and want to spread out, all you really have to do is email our email address and say how much you like the show and how, how many reviews you're going to leave us. Uh, and we'll give you your very own sprout out. Um, we would love, love to sprout you out. And Tell us what you were for Halloween. Tell us what you sent your kids out as. Uh, and what do you think about it? Maybe you don't, maybe you don't agree with us. Um, yeah. What do you think about Halloween? What do you think about Harry Potter? That's always a hot topic. So. Hot takes on Eden Revisited. Get them here while they last. Um, well, thanks everyone. And Nick, have a great night, man. Thanks. Josh. Stay visitor. Pray for us.